The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. One of the must-have items in all our makeup bags is a beauty blender. What did we do before beauty blenders? This woman created a category, invented a tool that is used everywhere. She's a boss. She owns 100% of her company. The founder, CEO, and creator of the beauty blender joins me today on Unfluenced. Let's get into it. First of all, I just want to say something because we're on for a couple of things. One, you're my first guest on this podcast. And I am going to tell you the story of why I did it because it pertains to you and your business. So as someone who invented the skinny girl, I invented the skinny margarita, like as a concept in the world. I called it skinny girl, but I invented the skinny margarita. And obviously it's been copied ad nauseum in every bar in the world, all over the world, do they say skinny margarita? Like I had been talking about like, I, I, I 
sort of de-influence. I'm like, this is garbage. This is shit. Like, I'm sure you've heard about like the way that I'll talk about some things, not everything, but like if it's really a Gucci $175 palette that looks like Claire's chiclets, like I'm going to say that in a diaper pouch, I'm going to say it. So this girl, like I saw this girl being like, hi, de-influence podcast or something. Like, I don't remember what it was, but I saw somebody was doing a podcast about not de-influencing and it was annoying because I kind of started this in on TikTok. I mean, other people have been doing it on YouTube. I didn't invent it, but in a loud kind of way, in the modern kind of way, post mascara gate, which I've talked about on here. And I was like, how am I not doing this? Like, how am I not doing this? Based on, So I decided and literally called my producers. And I'm like, we need to do a, a de-influencing podcast. And then I was like, I should have people in the beauty industry. And I'm thinking of that right now because you... um invented something that is so copied and it's so annoying. It must be so annoying. <laughs> that's my story. So that's why I invented it. I mean, I see you like I, and I think you see me too. And I appreciate that. And yes, it's fucking annoying. It's fucking but... annoying. And most people think that a beauty blender is like saying a <laughs> bandaid, which is an adhesive bandage. And so they're calling everything a beauty blender. And I just know what it's like to be a female entrepreneur having invented something. And so I, I can imagine that that is annoying. So we'll get into that. But I just have to say that as a baseline. And I was like, when I think of the beauty blender, I don't, I, it's a, it's a, it's an item. And I remember like it coming into the world and I definitely learned how to do my makeup barely in the last year. So I wasn't the customer for it. By the way, you do it very well. I have to say it's, I did. Okay. You do. You're amazing. I watch your, I, I watch your de-influencing videos, Instagram. I, I'm, I'm a fan. Thank you. I can't, I'll yeah. tell you the thing is, well, I know you're a makeup artist and we're going to get into introducing you and all that, but sometimes I get into like the main act before the foreplay. The thing is that <laughs> I have a lot of respect for what you do. And I don't say that to so many people. Like I honestly see how it's hard what you do. Like it's hard to do makeup because I'm okay. Like doing it like this for today. And the thing I've realized is that particularly with the eyeshadow, which is to me the most confusing and the most over-marketed because there are 10,000 colors and they all look good. You, you need one blush palette and you could never need another. You could use that for every eyeshadow look your whole life. So you're sort of just doing it to do it. It's like I could buy basil, I could buy cilantro, I could buy parsley, dill, tarragon, like throw it in the goddamn chicken. It's all going to work. So with the eyeshadow, I realize it doesn't really matter. Like you could kind of, you could use wrong tones, like we're not warm or not cool. You should learn that. But I've realized like you could play around and you don't have to follow like the darker crease or you don't have to follow all the rules, but it is hard because the game starts moving fast when you have to get ready in like an hour for something because you learned some of the steps and there are so many things for each step and you really just don't know which step you should take. And sometimes you burn the sauce and like, you got to go back and like take off and you don't know whether to start over and throw the batch out and you get caught up like... I forget to put mascara on because I've been doing other things and it takes too long. And then like I rush that and I never have ever gotten to the time where I would like be able to put lashes on. So the game starts moving fast when you're doing makeup. And I have a lot of respect because I could do it for like the podcast and it will take 20 minutes, but like an event for red carpet or even just to go out, I find it to be. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, you know, Makeup companies and technology have advanced in a way that make it really easy for a consumer to just feel better, look better, do easy breezy, beautiful 
you know, looks where it gets more complicated for a makeup artist is the venue, right? I mean, yes. you, you've been on TV shows, you've been, you know, on, in different lighting setups and different, you know, real eye, eye to eye, you know, in person versus on film and camera with, you know, there's, there's just, there's levels. Well, there are levels and, when you walk outside, it looks very different than when you're going to be on TV on HD than when you're on a red carpet. So, you know, and sometimes I'll do my own makeup and then I'll see a picture of myself like just in Florida with Paul because I tried so hard and I look better with less makeup, but it's like fun and now I learned so I want to try. And then I'll look like older and just like ashy or whatever. The powder, powder is very tricky. I just find that makeup is much harder if you're not just doing daytime natural with SPF and a little rosy glow, like it's, it's really, it's really, it is art. It is an art. It, it is. is art. It is. So That's I give funny. you a lot of credit because I, so when I used to, um, when I started on TV, I you had no money. I was broke. So I used to go up to the makeup counter at Bloomingdale's and like, just buy, you know, how much do I have to buy just for you to do my makeup? Like that was my thing. Every time I, I was on the housewives for the first couple of seasons, every time I went somewhere, not for the regular show, I just didn't do makeup. But if I went to like something that was out major, the reunion or something, I would just go to the counter and I would book a morning show in Miami, some local show. And I would just use whoever they gave me. And I never really looked at myself because I always assumed when I was younger that like anybody you use it's going to look good because you're getting your makeup professionally done. And that's like, that's like uh, saying any restaurant I go to is going to be good. <laughs> Cause they're and, cooking for me. Uh, exactly. And I was in Miami <laughs> one time and I never look at myself. I'm not vain. So I was in Miami one time and I did the girl just did my makeup. No problem. And I was at the pool later and the publicist that was with me was like, she's like, I, I don't know. You might want to like change. It's, it's a lot. And I looked up, <laughs> And my eye had like purple triangles on it, like a navel paint. It was, <laughs> it was Miami makeup, like with with reckless abandon and no guidelines. And I rarely have a professional do it and have it be great. Like it's maybe, and I mean like a well. There's also alignment, right? There's alignment. So that sounds like you were at the mercy of what someone else thought looked good, right? So. It's not only technical, knowing where and when and how and what's appropriate for whatever setting you're in, but then what is that person's idea of beauty? And are you aligned with that? You know, do they think purple triangles on your eye is like the coolest, chicest thing, but that may not be who you are. So well, how do you align? That's interesting about alignment, but I also think that it's about using the same written down recipe that you've printed out to cook that you now haven't like figured out with this person's wide jaw. People have to know their own things that work. Like I know things that really have not worked. And I always ask different makeup artists. Like one time I had a guy X off with tape, like the ones on the eyeshadow palette, I should really stay away from and on the blush. Cause I don't know. It's all just colors. And, and, um, yeah. So anyway, I find it hard. So, okay. So welcome to Just Be Unfluenced. This is a podcast about this business that I totally accidentally walked into, not realizing what room I was walking into, not realizing the utter clutter, lying, filtering, 
and confusion that I was walking into, the liberation of learning how to do your own makeup and knowing anything, the um, great credibility of many people in this space, like the good business that it is, despite it being so cutthroat and people making billions of dollars. Like I found that versus other industries, the people are pretty fair, like that you're working with. So I think that's something you should know because you're only in this one industry, I think. Um, And I was watching a video and a person was talking about you, like doing a video about you. Like I didn't know that you were a person, you know, you're, you're a sponge, a pink, there's a pink sponge. It just invent, God invented it. And so this woman was talking about the inventor of the beauty blender. And I thought, oh, that's a good guest for Just Be Influenced because you've had such influence and you've been so copied. And now I read about you and found out that you are um, a makeup artist. That was like a big deal. And um, I read that you were using this, you cut your own sponge with rounded ends, which is not unlike Spanx when she cut off the end of pantyhose. And um, you invented what you needed to do your craft and make and create an airbrush look. So that's where I'm coming in to you with this. And you did not sell it to another company. You own the company. I still own the company. And uh, let me just say this, Bethany, it's so uh, surreal for me to be sitting here talking to you because I look at you in the same way. When I think of anything skinny, you know, with the word skinny in front of it, I always think of Bethany Frankel, because I do know that you created the low calorie margarita that we all want. We all don't Thank want you. the high calorie, high sugar margarita. And you started it. And I always felt aligned with you because I do recognize how many companies, bars, individuals have taken that term and really just genericized it, right? Like mm-hmm. Beauty Blender. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's a sisterhood here. I don't know. Fact. <laughs> Fact. You invented, I invented something for the same reason, to solve a problem that was annoying me yeah. when I went out and had drink. Yeah. So it's, it is, there is an alignment here. And uh, what an amazing accomplishment for you to have invented like a star tool. And you know what? Listen, Steve Jobs has been copied. Everyone's been copied. Like, it's happened. It's big girl panty time. It happened. It happens. You're not going to be. But I found the business of it and the patent. So they wouldn't give you a patent. You tried, like, you tried endlessly, right? Of course. Of course. You know, and, and, you know, people always are so amazed and feel like maybe I just wasn't, you know, as busy business savvy as I should have been or something. But, you know, it's a funny thing about patents. It's not easy to get a patent because at this point in our evolution as human beings, almost everything has been created. Like it's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard to get a patent. So yes, I tried for many years to get a patent for Beauty Blender. There were conflicts that kept coming up and, and it really, you know, there are general conflicts. And then it also uh, depends on the person that is working at the patent office, the patent officer that's understanding your product. So I went through the process several times trying to get somebody to really understand that, yes, there is an ear cleaner that has a foam egg shaped tip, but it's a very different industry, different, different use type of product. And, um, 
the funny thing about patents is you can keep applying every time you've been rejected, but every time you apply, it costs more and more and more. And so and you were starting a business. Yeah. And at some point I had to recognize my, my product was starting to be recognized amongst pros and it was starting to get some brand acknowledgement and brand equity in that way. So I figured, let me just lay my head low. Let me just keep trying to distribute to the makeup artists that I know are going to have the same challenges I had. Like you and your skinny company, you created it out of a need. You wanted your own personal way to enjoy a drink and not have so many calories, right? For me, it was the same. I was a makeup artist, department heading a show, one of the first ones shot in high definition. And it was an experiment and it worked for TV. And I knew there were going to be other makeup artists that were going to appreciate this, you know, invention, but I never thought, you know, it would really, I never really thought about it being a consumer product. And then what you know, head start did you have? Later. What time, huh? how much lead time did you have from these pink sponges being out in the streets before everybody was copying you? Like something else was on the market. Yeah. So I had a good couple of years, Bethany, which was very helpful because oh, it was a very kind of like a cult product that only makeup artists would use. So you would see it, you know, backstage at Fashion Week, you would see it on makeup counters. You know, there was a lot of education that came along with it that was required to make the consumer understand and, and like, listen, you'll spend 50 bucks on a makeup brush, but you want this product to be disposable and free because that's the way it's been marketed to you. Cosmetic companies would always put like, a sponge applicator in a compact, or if you even bought like a high-end concealer or a high-end uh, yeah. you know, foundation, they would give you a little sponge, but they never told you what to do with it, yeah. how to clean it, you know, what it's for, whatever. So it was a very known product, but it was also known to be disposable because there was a replenishment, uh, you know, philosophy with it for businesses. So you I have an idea for you that I think we should do a collab and I just thought of it right now. So we'll tell you after. I'm doing it. Let's do it. Okay. So, so, so the thing is that most, so I'm on beauty talk and everyone there like knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about and speaks the same language. But I, I really speak the language of the woman who doesn't know and I will tell you that I have a drawer full of sponges and it's the same thing. The game starts moving too quickly and I use my brush and then I sometimes forget how to use the sponges and I don't always use it in the beginning. And I see some people using it for different things and I like brushes too. And what I use the beauty blender for, for me, is what I use a kitchen sponge for, cleaning up messes. Like today, I put on the Rare Beauty blush which I think is overrated because it's very influenced and it goes on with one dot and you look like a freaking clown so that's where the beauty blender comes in because a brush isn't going to do that you, you've got a beauty blender and like it makes it look normal so brushes for me, I, are like little brooms okay they sweep product on. I'm 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 teaching you Bethany because you are yeah. a self-proclaimed novice right or yeah. amateur so yeah no no I brushes, get it brushes are like little brooms there's a learning curve. You have to learn how to hold the brush to feel comfortable. Then you have to learn how to blend with the brush. And then there's fibers that are like little broom sweeps, right? So you're kind yeah. of moving the product around on the surface of the skin. So there's a whole like learning curve there. The beauty of Beauty Blender is if you can bounce it on your face, it just applies and deposits and blends the makeup with each bounce. Now, and also pulls is, what you need off when you need it. It's an amazing finisher to that point. Like, 
after you're done with your makeup, take your damp beauty blender and just kind of go all over your face and make sure everything is blent in so you don't have any lines of demarcation, meaning makeup. It like makeup that screams makeup is when you see the line of demarcation. So it just blends everything. It erases everything. And listen, okay, makeup so artistry is an art and people do different things with it. I can tell you the best way to use it. But at the end of the day, I know people are going to do what they do. Well, I think for my people, you could travel and have only a spun, a couple of sponges in a little travel thing that breathes and not have to carry all the brushes. Like you could get away with that. Just like you could also get away with just your fingers, by the way, with for mm -hmm. many things, um, but harder. And I and dirty. think, and and dirty. I think that it's, um, Blotchy. yeah, like for the, for the person who doesn't know how to use it that well, I think it's best. It's good. Good. When you've screwed up or like, or you want to, like you said, blend. is that the best? If you, if you had only, to, if you were to say the best use for the beauty blender, what is it for? The number one best use for it. Uh, the number one best use for it is to get a professional looking makeup application the very first time you use it without. No, but I'm saying is it to put the foundation on or is it at the end to do the finishing you just said? Because for me, it feels like oh my finishing. God. So that's that's really tough because it's a multitasker. It's good at both. It's it's good at putting it on. It's good at taking it off. It just depends on what your need is. You can go in and over apply makeup and put too much on. Like you said, the little dot was very concentrated pigment. Yeah. And then you can use a beauty blender, blend it around and then take it off. The thing about fingers is fingers leave streaks and fingerprints. And yeah, I don't it. use fingers. I was just saying yeah. like, it's a tool, you know. Yeah. You, and then yeah. brushes are strokes. So I will tell you that beauty blender takes the place of probably like four different brushes. You know, it can be your powder it can be your foundation it can be your concealer it can be your blush it could be your finisher the thing it doesn't do it doesn't do your liner it doesn't do your eyeshadow it's not going right. to do your brows it's not going to do well it can do your lips a little bit but you know right. th there's limitations i'm a makeup artist i love brushes but i see real value in uh, minimizing the kind of products that i need to personally carry i travel all over the place i i literally have like three brushes and two beauty blenders and that's all i need and now how often do you clean them? You please use a sponge today to do your makeup. My process would be the following. I would go, I don't, I wouldn't have the time today to do like the full clean, which I sometimes do in the microwave. I don't know if that's wrong, but with baking soda, I, I want it to be. Gary, you're a brave one. Okay. It, it becomes completely clean with my baking soda and like a little bit of vinegar and water, like a dash and it's water and you put it in hot and it becomes immaculate. My housekeeper taught me that. Um, and I don't know where she I saw that. It. But because <laughs> under the sink squeezing it, it never gets everything out, even with, with brush cleaner. So you have to clean it properly. But like, what do you suggest for cleaning every day and how often and when you travel and that kind of stuff? Like you bring one away, it's in your bag. This is my process, you know, and I, and again, I, I had to give up trying to control everybody because I know people do what they do. Right. So okay. I can only tell you what works for me. Okay. So what I do and the way I invented it to be used is that you always use a beauty blender wet. You use a damp. So you I don't agree. use a dry. Right. So I put it, I have these nests. I call them nests, little holders for your beauty blender. Yep. I put it on my bathroom sink next to my toothbrush. So when I brush my teeth in the morning, before I do my makeup, it's sitting there. I will get it wet clean it two seconds before I'm going to use it with the soap that's right there next to my toothpaste and squeeze it out, 
towel dry it and do my makeup. When I'm done, I sit it right there again. I don't touch it again until I brush my teeth again. Or when the next, I mean, I'll brush my teeth at night, but the next morning when I brush my teeth, you know, then I wash it again. So it's just a reminder. It's like when you brush your teeth, clean your blender. And then and when so do you do the deep clean? Hmm? When do you do the deep, deep clean? clean? Well, I do a deep clean when I need to. I mean, okay. my makeup generally comes out. I have a technique of rolling the blender when I wash it too between my hands like this. Okay. And that tends to somehow mush. And I know that's a very scientific term. Yes. It is, it's like it, it spreads the soap Got around it. and allows Diffuses everything it. to get everywhere and rinse out. So Okay. And then how, and then when do you, how, how many uses until really somebody should get rid of it? I think it really depends on how much and how often that person wears makeup. Not, you know, not everybody wears makeup every day. Not at all. And then there's yeah. people like me who at the time when I was working as a makeup artist, I might use the same sponge 10 times on the same person for continuity and different scenes or whatever, and be washing it 10 times more. So it really just depends. Okay. I like, I like to say um, when your sponge starts to get, a little more textured when your beauty blender might start to rip or tear because some people aren't always very, you know, gentle with it. But I'm also coming out, I have a new invention that I'm coming out with that's going to make it um, really super practical and easy for everyone to wash not only their beauty blenders, but I have this other thing called Power Pocket Puff that's really good. Okay, so good. That, that'll be that'll be a good, uh, good way for for people to keep their tools clean. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, 
We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I think your cream bronzer is very nice. Like it's very like the ones that I've liked are Mario because it's creamy. I like Chanel. Like it, your cream bronzer is very, it's very, very nice. I have to say Thank it's very you. creamy. It's I nice. really appreciate that. And it's, it has, it's the first pH one and it's pH. Do you know it customizes to your own pH? I don't Slightly. think I knew that. It's very ah. nice. It's very Thank nice. It's, it only comes with the highlighter. Or you have it alone? No, it only comes with the highlighter. Okay, got it. Um, so what do you? So it's interesting. I often think I watch influencers talking about dupes and talking about Elf, which is the copy product of the Charlotte Tilbury, and then it's the sponges that I think Charlotte Tilbury invented. And you know, like in other worlds, if you walk outside and everybody thinks you have a fake bag, they're gonna like you know, mock you or say it's so like, and, and Hermes would be very annoyed if I was like out talking about my, I mean, I have a relationship with Hermes. I buy things there. If I were talking about my fake bag, they wouldn't want, you know, me to have the real bags. And it feels like certain people are paid by Charlotte Tilbury and then they're paid by elf. And they talk about the Charlotte Tilbury one. And then there's the shape tape fate knockoff. And like everybody copies everybody and everybody's like, okay with it in a way. And like, I, it seems unethical and I never use the word dupe like ever because I don't like that word because it means like we're buying cheap shit knockoff. Even if it's not, that's, that's a retraction. It's not cheap shit knockoff. I just want, I don't know Charlotte Tilbury and I think a lot of her stuff I don't like, like, but a lot of it I love, but I respect that she invented a lot of stuff. Like she created a lot of stuff. And so it bothers me when everyone's out here just trying to get the cheapest thing to copy the person it's cringe to me. And no one really talks about that. Like in mm. any other space, it's not like, it's not elevated to be the knockoff person and everybody just wants. And so I battle back and forth because sometimes there's something that I find that's inexpensive and I happen to like it better than the expensive thing. And I don't think that just because some company did a pink blush, it means they copied this other person. But like when it's the spongy thing, like that's a knockoff. Didn't Charlotte Tilbury invent that? The pom-pom? Um, yeah, that little thing. Know, 
Yeah, I don't know that she invented it, but she chose it to be the applicator for her highlighters and the different products that she uses them for. And the two because the of pom-pom this, thing. Yeah, the success of her business made it, um, you know, linked with her. And, um, you know, that that happens too. You don't necessarily like it in that case. I don't, I know for a fact she did not create that. That pom-pom. She didn't create the squeeze with the pom-pom? The pom-pom applicator was actually in response to a beauty blender. So beauty blender was the first round. I'm sick now. Wait a minute. That pom-pom. Oh, it makes sense. Now, it was in response. But beauty blender being the first rounded sponge applicator kind of opened the minds of a lot of product developers that actually were ethical okay they didn't want to copy beauty blender but how do you take this concept and multiply it and you know put it out in other application aspects of beauty because we were dealing completely with just complexion so they took that idea and built a rounded edgeless sponge applicator and stuck it on a tube where you could flow the product through the pom-pom but still get that edgeless seam free no line of demarcation application with your product um and i'm not saying i invented it that's not it it's the concept the idea of seamless application was kind of and maybelline with the sponge tip and and all interesting well, if you if you look at historically the things that had been marketed before beauty blender none of them were doing it that's fascinating and i don't think anyone knows that which is amazing well you kind of have to be the the annoyed inventor to pay attention <laughs> okay so how much of the business do you own are you allowed to say I'm a hundred percent owner of Beauty Blender. You own a hundred percent. So has it made you very, very wealthy? Can I ask that? I do okay. You know, I but it, you know, full transparency. I'm a makeup artist. You know, learning to be a business person. You know, I've spent a lot of money. I've made a lot of money. I've made really good decisions. I've made bad decisions. You know, it's all a part of the stew or the fabric of where I am today. You know, I live a comfortable life. I feel very fortunate, very blessed. I don't take it for granted. Um, I still own my business 100%. I don't know if I'm smart Same. or stupid. No, uh, I know. Have you, you know? been you've been offered to be bought? <laughs> oh, yeah, all the time. And what was the reason for not doing it to have your first pile? Um, I was making a lot of money. I mean, I didn't need a, an infusion of cash. Fair, fair. You know, and, fair. But, and also what I didn't want was... Um, uh, complication in the business because when you bring in an investor, as far as I know, and I, I talk to my friends about this that take money and have investors come in, you know, suddenly there's a whole group of people telling you what oh, you yeah. need to be doing. You have a master, you have a new master. It's a complication. So, yeah. you know, I just feel like I had a vision for Beauty Blender. I knew what I wanted to do. And so I didn't need anybody to help me with that vision. I needed experts and people to work with me to make those ideas and those dreams and things that I wanted to make happen. But that didn't necessarily mean I needed to sell my business to do it. I'm good friends with Mark Cuban, who did say to me, like, what do you, you know, if you don't need the money, you don't take the money. So you, you, Mark Cuban would agree with you. I still feel today that um, 
you know, Beauty Blender uniquely positioned me to be able to take the opportunity to create complexion products that work perfectly with the perfect complexion tool. Fact. So true. So that's that that's the path, Bethany. That's, that's so the path true. we take. And if I can, if I have a global business of selling, you know, 17 sponges a minute around the world, and if I can get one person to try my makeup, it's a success. Yes. You know, and you around have the, world. the street cred already, which I understand too. We have a lot of similarities. Not every product is a home run, but it's a supporting cast. Exactly. So you build the portfolio you take the chances on products that you believe in and me having the background and expertise as a complexion expert and working with people of color and skins for over 20 years gives me the credibility to be able totally. to make great formulations. So, you know, the formulations stand the test of time if you have the correct avenue to be able to market and distribute them so that you can tell your story and get the education out. The formula stands. And you have good um, you know, relationships. The thing, the thing is, what I what I love about what you are doing is that you are level setting everything. So when you go to TJ Maxx or you go to Sephora or you go to Bergdorf's and you go buy these different uh, products that come in different packages and different price ranges and you're able to say oh this mass market is on the level of Bergdorf I'm not going to say brands or whatever right. but yeah you know that goes to show you now that formulation is no longer exclusive to the amount of money you charge for the product right right so you have to have some other benefit that's why makeup artists that start makeup brands a lot of times don't become successful because a blush is a blush is a blush. A lip is a lip is a lip. Who needs 10,000 eyeshadow palettes when you don't even go through one in your whole life? Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's like, it's excessive. Thank you. Exa so, it is. And it's exactly, but it's, but, but, but who needs 10,000 pairs of shoes and we're having fun. So you have to just know where you stand well, in it and why you're doing it. Those are different segments of society, right? Some people are collectors. Some people are realists. Some people are economists you know, and there's different people that have different tastes. What I hope I'm catering to is a person that understands that my products work together to give you, to your point, a very simple and easy, corrective or beautiful kind of result to make you a better you. And yes, it is a very competitive um category that I've entered, but I also feel confident that I have the expertise myself as an expert, knowing formulation yes. and knowing what I need to and make. And the distribution and the relationships. Like, like you have my friend Mario, you know, Mario and I are, are pretty close. And, um, but also you're as good as your team. I have a very talented team, which is why Beauty Blender has remained the number one tool in the world and the original category creator product that allows me to have a voice and permission to go into this category. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave. And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I root for the make the the makeup artist brands and I also root for the big brands only because I know that they've got the research and development money to spend, you know, to to make to really make sure that that mascara is good. So I'm rooting for different people at the same time. I'm not I'm not like rooting for, you know, very rich celebrities to walk in and slap their name on and I don't I think it's it's an, it's enough. 
And I think people are going to get caught. And we've seen that. Like, it's the pyramid scam where you get at, you want to get out the top and some people are getting caught in the middle because everybody thinks they're a celebrity. They're going to just do a beauty brand. And I don't feel that there's... I would feel like an imposter and like there's no room for me and nobody needs me in this space. Like as a consultant. Well, but, but, but I, I will just say this about you. I think what you bring to the table is what people really want. So when I say things are cyclical, I mean, just look, we went from, you know, magazine advertising being millions of dollars to have a page in vogue, right. To advertise L'Oreal, Lancome, whatever it is. Right. And makeup artists died to do those campaigns, by the way. So I paid big attention to them because I did those. So, you know, you go from spending tons of money in that kind of medium when magazines were the advertising, you know, venue of choice, let's say, then you got away from it. Nobody believed in celebrities endorsing a brand anymore because they knew they were just getting paid. So that's when the influencer became popular. Then the influencers became paid and untrusted because the consumers knew that the influencers were getting paid. So what they they don't really though, by the way, was it real? I mean, no, 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 no. Hold on. We have to do that because that's what this podcast is about. When people are watching TikTok. They do not really realize that they are being sold and that people are filtered and that these are commercials. It is a 24-hour-a-day commercial network, and that's why I walked into this space, and that's why I'm doing this. Because back in the old days, it was these messages were brought to you by, and then it's the Super Bowl, and you watch the commercial, and you kind of still have an idea, and you might be entertained during that commercial, but you still have an idea that you're being sold a car. And then it became integrations onto television shows where someone's holding something, and there's a payment, and they don't even have to really disclose that they're holding a coca-cola and now my moms do not realize how so they're starting to know and that's why mascara gate was so big because that was the first time they were like what the fuck this is really a mascara commercial in a magazine that people have fake lashes so there's an evolution within this category okay we went from you know paid advertising in magazines where celebrities were being used as the face of Then we go to influencers where those influencers now are being rotated. We have the macro influencers and now we have the micro influencers. We have the ones that are well-known and super well-known. I think people know, I think there is a segment of society that actually understands these people are getting paid to sponsor a product. I believe on TikTok because it's one of the newer mediums, the newer platforms that people, and because the demographic is, younger too. I believe that there is a little bit of naivete there. They don't quite get it yet, but it is, it's a 24 hour commercial. You're absolutely right. But, but what the ultimate question of why I think you're so valuable is because what you're doing and what people want is they just want authenticity. They want the truth. And what you do is you debunk it. You know, yeah, but it's not, it's so hard. I was, I was going to say to you, so a couple of things, and you're brave to do it. Well, a couple, yeah, I've alienated so many people and I don't care. So, because <laughs> it's true. No, they're not paying, they're not paying me. So, I mean, so a couple of things. One, it used to be that a celebrity would never stand at a party holding alcohol, ever. Publicists, put your drink down because it's addiction and all that before stuff. Before cell just, phones, they before, used to no, all the before time. Skinny girl, before skinny girl, <laughs> they wouldn't be photographed. They would never allow yeah. in a photograph. So then my deal was so public because of Forbes 
then everybody jumped into the category. Nicki Minaj, Pauly D, George Clooney, Randy Gerber. Okay, ran into liquor. And it's the same thing because they want, they saw the paycheck. I've I've had Justin Timberlake's manager. I mean, um, Justin Timberlake came in. Charlie Sheen's manager was like, he keeps saying to me, I want that skinny girl money. Everyone's managers was saying, we want that skinny girl money. Okay, put that to the side. The Avaline and the two girls with the wines. All of it is because of skinny girl. So I, I, we're speaking the same language, right? Same thing. Then I go into, um, but I go into Sephora, okay? Well, I never go. I don't like going in there because I don't, it's just overpriced and I don't need anything in there and you can get it all and it's making me want new things and it's stupid to me. But anyway, so I go into <laughs> Sephora and it's a, it's the Hunger Games. It is a zoo. And the girl says I to me, <laughs> we have never, I've worked here for eight years, the girl that I work with, it's never been like it is right now, she says, because of TikTok. It's never been like it's been right now. I've worked here for eight years for this company, okay? Now my daughter watches me, sees me. She's very smart, whatever. You know, she wants the Benetton, not the essence tint that is better and more blendable and lighter and not such a clown face that I was even influenced. And I even get influenced by the Meredith Duxbury and the, and the Michaela. And I know they're being paid and I've used the product and I got rid of it and I want it back. I want it back because I'm watching them. So there's no shot for these kids because I am doing this and I still believe them, but I don't believe them, but I know they're paid, but I still want it. And then, and and my daughter, she doesn't want the beauty pie or the chart, the tarp shape tape. She wants the Charlotte Tilbury one. She wants the rare beauty one. She looks like a clown. She wants to contour. She doesn't even know what contouring is. I'm like, do you know what contouring is? I don't know. What I'm like, Bryn, you're tw- you're 13. You don't need contour. So the influence is 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 strong. it's real. It's, it's intense. Real. It's I'm yeah. saying it's not commercials. It's it's rabid. It's money. It's crazy. And that's why I walked in because I thought all my makeup that I've had that people gave me is shit. I need this thing. I need this glow. I am 52 years old. I didn't know they were filtered. I didn't know that the people, the Meredith, the Meredith, the Michaela, I didn't know they were filtered. When I say everybody, I'm actually talking about um, a per- like a segment of society like yourself that knows they're being sold too but wants it anyway you know what i mean yes so that's what i'm that's right that knows an hermes bag cannot possibly cost fifty thousand dollars when i say everybody knows i i mean a segment of people that understand that that's a paid person and it's usually you know like a meredith or a michaela somebody that has some sort of character, beauty, personality, something that resonates with the consumer that attracts people that that they want to watch them. It's the price you know, of they admission. Watch them. You walked into yeah. Vegas, you're going to lose money, which is what Sephora is. It's Atlantic City. But it's you the lights have... and the sounds yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, you're 100% right. And, um, and I think that walking into this, being a wealthy woman who has other businesses that is not in this space and doesn't need to be and would never screw up my whole apple cart for lying about a lip gloss. But if a, if a brand wants to use my content, they're going to pay me and I won't say anything that I don't actually love because I don't need to. And we've proven that I've alienated so many brands from what I've said that I'm not looking for business. I mean, if I get it, fantastic. Big brands have reached out to me and if I love them, yeah, I would do something. But I think that walking in agnostic and a person who can afford to buy the drugstore or the expensive, it's been a unique 
position that I just wandered into and I'm fascinated by your business and I'm fascinated by you, which is why you're the first person I've had on. And I do think that no one can speak to the beauty industry like a makeup, to a beauty product and what people need to wear over the day and all that, like a makeup artist. So we shouldn't be investing as much in celebrity brands, in my personal but opinion. what is a makeup artist these days when you talk about... Um quality products and why companies that are the bigger companies like the Estee Lauders, the L'Oreal's, the LVMH, how they can, um, they can, you know, buy smaller brands, bring them under their umbrella, um, continue to keep hopefully the brand DNA going. But at the same time, they, they, as you know, they buy products or brands rather in every demographic. So mm -hmm. that's why now we have mass market products that yep. have formulations like high-end prestige yep. products because the owners like are going to the Lancome. same places. Yeah. Yes. So I think one of the things about dupes and copycats is, you know, there's trade dress issues. Like what I find egregious right now is you mentioned Elf, which Actually, I kind of respect Elf more than some of these other companies that are coming out because they created their own brand and then they just copied individual products and put it in their brand. And they, and, but by the way, it's funny you say that because I um, don't mind if someone gets inspired by something but does it in their own way. And that Elf thing that they did with that liquid, I'm having her on, I think that's another guest, the CEO, that Elf Halo Glow Hilt filter or whatever it is to copy the Charlotte Tilbury thing. It's a bet. It's a great container and it's a great foot and it's like feels substantial and like it's exciting. And so like, OK, you know, you can't hate the player, hate the game. So I was I agree with you and everybody's good at right, something else. They're not good at eyeshadow. I read an article this last week in the trades. There's, um, you know, the, the demographic of like, let's say millennials or Gen Z that don't really care if someone has infringed a trade dress issue like if i were a big brand and i had any power i wouldn't want to work with michaela if she's working with charlotte tilbury and then going to talk about the tart shade tape in the exact same way like that spongy thing like i would feel like wait a minute you're you're pitching the knockoffs i'm giving you an hermes deal and you're pitching hermes knockoff like i'd be annoyed like you could talk about a different product but not that one and there's no you know but i the biggest thing i want to say to you is that i watched rihanna put do a touch-up on stage and I watch JLo come in and she wants so badly to get that Rihanna money and that Kylie money and they all are so hungry for that big beauty money they have all run in and it's so obvious and the only one that's really been able to land it you know Kylie land it but it seems like they're having some struggles I don't know if that's totally sustainable and she has a different audience and Fenty has totally landed it and Selena has has nailed it. They're going to make real big money. I don't know how many more are going to... Gaga is doing a decent job at it too, but I feel like hers is a slightly more authentic and I can't figure out why than like people just running in for the money. But everybody's managers are telling them, go get that beauty money. Rihanna, we're going to do the Super Bowl only if you're allowed to take all your influencers on a trip, get them tickets because they're going to sell us $100 million in beauty products after that weekend. And you're going to touch yourself up on that stage, even though you're eight months pregnant. We it's too bad. You're going to print money and never have to work for the rest of your life and your kids, kids, kids lives like that. I see it. And that people don't see.
that people do not see. They they just don't make that connection and they don't make the they connection. Don't, they don't look at it from that back door of business. You know, they no. look at forward facing, you know, oh, it's so cool. No, you and know? they also, TikTok and social media doesn't look at, we don't like mascara gate and that she wore fake lashes. And so, but what we're going to do is nonstop talk about it and get them 55 million views and make them more money. Like they think they're talking negatively about something that's making them more money. They think they talk about it. It's a tar- an old Hollywood adage. Yes. Good press, bad press accomplishes the same thing. You it, know? It, it, awareness is space, awareness is awareness. In this yeah. space, it does. They could talk bad about a Tarte influencer trip and they're going to buy the Tarte stuff. So. I'm going to have some, I'll probably have someone on from Tarte and all these brands. And I think this is going to be a good conversation. I really do. Like this was a very good conversation. Like I realize there's a lot to talk about here that's relatable to everyone from business to just the, you know, a woman putting her makeup on. Yeah. I would love to talk to you. I I find you so smart, Bethany. I watched you. you. I watched you for many years and I'm very admirable about the humanitarian stuff that you do too. Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, You've used your voice to help people, which I I really appreciate. Well, just know that I'm by no means an expert and you are an expert and you have created something that changed an industry. And I don't know anything about the trades and I don't know anything about who owns what company. Like someone said on a TikTok that Lancome owns Nick's and someone's or my comments because I worked with one of them and the other and they were like, oh, I guess because I really don't know like insider stuff and I don't want to because then I would be like inside. I like being out here kind of just only talking about what I observe, if that makes any sense. Like this is all just stuff that I'm telling you that I've learned from observing. I don't know the inside baseball about any of this. Yeah, but your intuition is spot on. You think I know a decent amount about what I'm talking about, like with all this stuff. I mean, if if you haven't learned, if you have avoided learning and you still profess the things you profess, I would say, yes, your intuition is very good. Great, because I respect you and your art a lot and your business also. So you are like, you know, you are uh, smart, you are kind, you own 100%. And you invented it, so you're probably a triple threat. So it's exciting to watch what you do next. You know, honestly, it's really, really, uh, really. I'm gonna really move admirable. to an island and live in a hut somewhere, probably. But you won't need any makeup. You can make a mattress out of your sponges. You won't need any makeup. <laughs> amazing. Well, uh, I appreciate the like amazing, heated, awesome conversation. I'm. So, I got so excited. It's like. No one to talk. I have no one to talk about this. That's why I needed to do this podcast. I was like talking. I was like really exasperated, excited because um, <laughs> I don't have anyone to talk about this because my friends don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. And like I'm in this this world of social media is like it's like a planet that and then beauty in that planet. It's like a little a little town in that planet. So no one knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very powerful little planet. Totally. Very influential. You know what, though, too, I, I have to just tell you, I was. um last night I had, a, I had a crazy day yesterday and so I knew we were going to talk today so I wanted to listen to your podcast um just like the last couple ones like I listened to you get your podcast before but honestly I don't have a lot of time right, right so I, believe you. <laughs> I was like let me let me let me just like I really I want to be prepared for her I like her so much and I have to say you were cracking me the fuck up with Brin's sports adventures and motherhood (laughs) because I have two kids that played sports and you're you're so spot on with the fucking 
snacks and the parents and the the like oh I'm not God. good enough and trying to like do things in the summer. I had to catch to do, up. Like, yeah, I'm catching like, up now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a shit show. And I've won. You are amazing. We now know each other. Keep in touch with me if you want to talk about anything. I'm here and I'm fascinated. And yeah, I gotta try I mean, the rest. Listen, I'm I'm open to collaborations right now. It's one of our initiatives for 2324. Oh, okay. You so- know, if you're serious about it, I mean, I can, we can talk and not talk about that too. Awesome. Nice to talk to you. Thank you so oh much. This God. is a great launch for this show. Oh my God. Thank first you. Guest. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was so great to meet you. And I'm so honored to be your first guest. I'm honored too. It's perfect. You blend in perfectly. Bye, Bethany. Bye. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye. This is a good podcast. I'm so excited. She was amazing. And like, I thought, I don't know what I thought I was going to talk about. I thought it was going to be like a short, this is like a second podcast to another podcast. So I thought that was going to be like, just like a short thing to have something to talk about in this podcast. Cause I'm talking to my, that was amazing. This could be a good podcast. Like that was an interesting, fiery, passionate conversation with a woman who invented the beauty blender. Like she's a legit Unfluenced beauty guest. I feel so major right now. I'm excited. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Voice. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 